Welcome to the Creators Guild, brought to you by Joe Crafts. I'm Joe Bookoff, your host. This podcast will show you all about creative living, living creatively, tapping into your passion, your creativity, and living a life that is fulfilling for you. Because if you guys know me, you know my first value is passion, living a life which is fulfilling, doing what you love when you love to do it. Without further ado, here is the intro for the episode. So this episode is with a guy named Aaron Kirkpatrick. I met him at a uh, uh, artist show where my friend Kimmy Grau, Kimberly Grau, who I have an interview with, I'm releasing, re-releasing soon, uh, was. And um, fascinating conversation. This guy makes wood, like uh, burned projects like no other. Really cool stuff. And I know you'll love him. I know you'll love him talking about making his passion his reality. And uh, without further ado, Aaron Kirkpatrick. Hey, how's it going, Aaron? Good to see you on. Hey, Joe, it's going. Hey, hey. So I just want to welcome listeners to the Renaissance Men podcast, a place for people who are free-spirited and creative uh, to congregate and listen to other people and interviews and thoughts and all that jazz about free-spirited, passionate, creative lifestyles. Um, So Aaron, uh, we met at a place called Raw Artists and I want you to share uh, what you do and what kind of circumstance we met at, etc. Uh, so basically, I am uh, what old people call a pyrographer. Uh, it's not really known by that name. It's kind of known more as just wood burning. Um, and we kind of we met at Raw Austin uh, for beginning artists uh, that basically starts out uh, as a first show and turns into more shows and. Um, that was actually my second Raw show that I've done. Uh, my first one was in Houston, my second one in Austin. Solid. How was the one in Houston compared to Austin? I know you're from Houston. That's why this is an over-the-phone interview and not an in-person interview, and I'm curious about that. Yeah, um, well, the Houston is a very big, uh, art centered uh city but not as big as austin is Mm -hmm. so we did have i I had pretty good sales at that one the crowd was amazing but the the market for artists uh is more of photography and painting uh as to austin it's more of whatever is cool weird and funky Uh uh-huh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely cool, weird, and funky here, to say the least. Um, although one thing I've noticed is I'm from Northern California, and Northern California out Austin's Austin, but doesn't yet get how much Portland is. So it's like more than Austin, less than Portland. I think Austin gets a huge bonus just because it's set against the backdrop of Texas, and so there's a lot more contrast 
between us yeah. and the surrounding places. But that said, it's definitely uh, artsy and interesting. Um, and I think that's a cool thing about Austin that sets it apart. Why, why aren't you based in Austin? Is it just out of uh, where you were living before or, or what? Uh, no, I just, it, it was the closest show that I could get to uh, without having to really like open up my wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I found a cheap hotel there. Uh, I had another friend uh, from Houston that was actually showcasing in that uh, Austin art show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we carpooled together, saved a little bit of money, uh, saved some time. And uh, I've been to Austin. That was actually the second time I've ever been to Austin. Nice. Uh, I just I wanted to get back there. I loved the area. I loved the scenery. Yeah, it's a cool place. There's a lot of good nature over here, too, which is one thing I love about it. Did you get to check out the city, or were you just there for the Yeah, we uh, walked around for a bit. Um, the first place we went, well, obviously, I had to check into my hotel. Yeah. Uh, after that, we dropped off all of our stuff, and we went to the Hope Gallery at the Graffiti Wall. Oh, yeah. I love... Um, I love the graffiti wall, Castle Hill. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Have you been to a paint that jam was, there yet? Yeah, that was just amazing. And yeah. uh, while we were there, I heard they were actually planning on tearing it down. Yep, yep. Well, they have a new one set up because it's it's a section of Austin. Austin puts a lot of its budget towards culture and creative stuff. Um, and actually, one of the really cool things, and this is one thing I'm going to be applying for next year, Austin um, gives artists who are in Austin for at least a year as residents, $1,000 to up their skills. So if I want to go take, uh, say, bookbinding classes here at the Austin Book Arts Society, a book arts something, I don't think it's society, but the Austin Book Arts, I'm just going to say society, um, they they will fund me out of city dollars, uh, $1,000. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if that's every year or just once for artists. It might just be once, but uh, I'm going to hit my year mark. Um, well, officially on a lease on uh, uh, April 1st, no fools. But um, I did get here in late January, so I might just apply late January, but I'll probably just wait because I, I have the lease that can prove it in, uh, in April. But that's one reason why you should come to Austin, man. Awesome. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> That's, that's cool. Um, we actually had something in Houston. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you know about the Be Somebody Graffiti Bridge. No, I haven't been to have Houston, to be honest. Um, I, I was dating this woman who, she and her sister were singers. And uh, her sister was coming to Houston to go to a bar and sing. And and um, I was going to go. And then uh, the last minute, I decided not to. And that was, that was a big mistake. I, I really wanted to go see her. And I really wanted to go. Um, see what Houston's like, but I have not been yet. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what it is is um, at the very entrance of downtown Houston, there's this bridge, uh-huh. and on the side of the bridge is graffiti "Be Someone." Ooh. And it's absolutely beautiful. Like the the um, just it's 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 a, it's like speechless. Wow. It's, yeah. That sounds awesome. And so they actually, someone went out there and covered it up with just gray paint. 
Oh, man. And um, the Houston City Council actually, like, called out for the artist that did it the first time. Nice. To go back out there and paint it again, and they would pay them for it. Nice. And so they did that, and then they were like, okay, I guess graffiti's not bad. <laughs> and so they actually got together and started paying graffiti artists to decorate all the electrical boxes oh, cool. uh, that you see like out of the road oh, that yeah, are just like in a lot of cities there's some cool stuff in toronto yeah, like yeah. that and so i i really like like that and i wish i was a graffiti artist because there's a little money to be made in hey that, you can always learn a new skill I, I i it's on my bucket list it's on my bucket yeah. list I love how you have a bucket list of, of skill. We mean, do you specifically have a bucket list of things like crafts you want to learn? Yeah, I have a bucket list of skills. I have a bucket list of crafts. Nice. Uh, talents. All right, what, I what, have, what, like, what, lay them on me. Bucket. I'm really curious now. Lay them on me. Uh, so I've always wanted to. I found out about wood turning a few oh, uh, months. I just ago. started doing that. Okay, yeah, I'm listening. And uh, that's on my bucket list. Okay. Uh, eventually, I want to get my own lathe. Yeah. Um, uh, I've always been interested in hand carving wood. Oh, okay. uh, I just fucking did that. Like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. not like not like just whittling or stuff like that, but like massive hand carvings. Uh huh. Um, and then chainsaw carvings. If you've ever heard of chainsaw oh, carving, I've heard of that. I want to see one of those in person. They sound intense. There's a there's actually a place uh, if you go to Galveston, uh-huh. uh, they they have uh, all these oak trees that um, were still standing after the hurricane. Yeah. Uh, through Galveston. Yeah. And uh, they paid to go out there and carve up the trees. Uh huh. And now they're like sacred trees, and no one can cut them down or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. If you're ever in Galveston, there's uh, you can just check it out. It's like chainsaw carved trees, <laughs> and it'll give you a map. And there's like I think there's like 23 of them. Wow. And they're really really cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely be down to see something like that. Um, I actually went to another craft fair yesterday. Was it? Yeah, it's Monday. Yesterday, called Renegade Craft, and it was it's called Renegade Craft Austin. They're they're also another one that tours. Um, something about art fairs, craft fairs specifically, just it just lights a fire within me. I don't know what it is. Like I'm generally a very gregarious, friendly person, but when I'm in a craft fair, I'm like, I'm going to one booth, having a deep conversation, exchanging information, and then I go to another booth, and I'm like, oh, you're this is so cool, and it's just it's kind of like I've hit the jackpot of interesting, fascinating people. It's one thing that makes me very 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 passionate um and uh for listeners um i mean i know a lot of you are creative people in fact this is for creative free-spirited people uh the renaissance man podcast um and uh, i was i'm just you know just just think about that one thing that just lights a fire within you that for me and on a consistent basis it's been crafts crafts have consistently uh lit something inside me that that like has never failed to to just you know really propel me forward it's kind of amazing so for you for you is that is that like wood burning or is that just one skill 
on the road to several other schools? Uh, so wood burning was actually not the first skill that I uh, like acquired. Sure. Um, I first started uh, with tile etching. Ooh, okay. I would just I would just go and buy like bathroom tiles and use a uh, actually a metal etcher. And I would etch all these like patterns and stuff into all this tile, uh-huh. and then I'd, I'd like paint the tile, or I'd cut the tile in specific shapes. Yeah. Um. And then how I actually got started wood burning was I was on Facebook one day, and I saw a video of one of the laser CNC burning machines. Yep. And saw how much the machine was worth and then I saw how much the guy was charging for the piece he just took off that table and I was like I could do that for way cheaper Mm -hmm. and so the next day I went to Michael's I got a cheap $20 wood burning tool I got a $5 piece of wood I printed out a stencil from uh, my house Uh and I Placed it on there. I started burning. I gave it to my sister for Christmas, uh-huh. and she was like, "This is awesome. You should do more of these." <laughs> and I did. And so I only really started out doing them for Christmas. Yeah. And then the word got around from my mom, uh, telling my neighbors about it. My neighbors seeing it. My mom showing it off at work, and people were like, Man, "I'd like something like that." And nice. so I started building it and I bought a better tool and then I bought more wood and it just kept going and going and going <laughs> nice nice yeah that's that's how it starts sometimes um it's, it's really cool you seem to have a sense of entrepreneurship um as well as uh creativity I think that's a lot of the things that artists need you know you, you hear the trope of the starving artist and I've never liked the trope of the starving artist it's like you know what you, you know, sure, like, there's there's a lot of artists that don't make it, but the thing is, if you do it smart, and if you know a little bit about business, or at least have it, have it you know, run it at least somewhat like a business, even if you do what you're passionate about, um, then, um, then you're gonna find people that want it, and when I go to craft shows, I see people with, like, things that were really easy to make if you have the talent and the passion, and I sell it for like three hundred bucks, and like one of those things would would uh, you know would cover the fee of being there. And if I sold like three, then they have rent for the month. If they sold like five, they have rent and food and like some money to save and stuff and and play with. And it's just like you know, it's it's quite. It, you just gotta you just gotta be in, in tune with the people around you, um, and not be like a total like. Oh, I mean, you could be a total like. I'm gonna do what I want to do some people will like that but the thing is i think the key is to 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 mix art with entrepreneurship um is this is this sustainable for you like is it profitable is it your only only thing or do you do other stuff too uh no i current i currently have a full-time job Mm -hmm. um and i feel like if i did more art shows and art markets and i made it my full-time deal Mm -hmm. uh Feel like I could profit off of it and live off of it, mm-hmm. uh, but at the moment it's kind of just a hobby, yeah, uh, to make a little extra cash. Uh, but I do plan, uh, when I retire, uh, and I settle and 
live off my 401k and I still want extra money, then I plan to make it my full. Well, I mean, there I could help you plan for that even right now if you want to do it sooner. I mean, if you want to do it in a few months, I, I could tell you, I could give you like a, a quick plan how to do that and also help all my listeners too. Is that something like in an ideal world, would you be making money off of this full time? Uh, probably not just yet. I mean, I'm making, I'm making maybe a 10, 20% mark, uh, profit, uh-huh. uh, off of what I do. Uh, but that's because I do, I, I, people tell me my stuff is good. People tell me my stuff is great, but then I see like other people that have been doing it for years on years on years. And I'm like, ah, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, you're never going to be the, the best. That's why you just got to differentiate yourself. Or the only thing that you really need to differentiate yourself by is that they're in front of you at the craft fair and not somebody else. And that's going to be enough for them yeah. to buy from you because they're talking to you and that gives them a personal connection. Um, but uh, just just for our listeners and also for you, one, one way that you can do this, you can build yourself a runway and, and devote all your time to this. And there's always going to be a risk. Um, and I know in the intro to this podcast, as of now, because I change the intro sometimes depending on what I'm looking to um, attract and create for the podcast. But you know, if you if if your main value is stability, then this is not the podcast for you. So you're open to a bit of risk if you're listening. And so when it comes to how, if I were you, and I wanted to do that full time, I'm definitely a guy who doesn't settle um, for something I don't want. So if I wanted to do my craft full-time say bookbinding or just in general any craft full-time um i would build up a three-month expense runway of expenses so i don't know say like ten thousand bucks depending i don't know what your expenses are per month but say save up ten thousand bucks um you know scrimp and save and every paycheck put some aside and save up ten thousand bucks and then when you have that ten thousand bucks um you know just take a break from your job if you can uh so you can come back to it Otherwise, um, you know, make a business. If you can't, if you have to quit to do full time something else, then um, make a business plan that will definitely work. And of course, we'll need to tweak uh, to tweak it. But number wise, it could make you at least the same as your job um, in the same amount of time. And then you'll have three months of expenses to just go for it and just go all in. And that that is usually enough if you already have like a plan. Um, to build it up and make it work. Yeah, I feel like I, 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 I mean, I, I definitely plan to do that. Uh, I feel like the problem with it right now is only the amount of shows that I'm getting into. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of shows like Raw Artists, uh, you have to pay uh, this huge fee. Mm. I feel it's a little, a little outrageous. Yeah. But at the same time, oh yeah, they're kind of making this a really big deal. Or you can sell a certain amount of tickets to people. Yeah. And with those kind of things, like, you really got to find a certain person that likes a certain type of thing to sell tickets to. Yeah. And so right now, for me, it's only, it's, it's just finding places where I can set up and sell my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place in Austin where I was selling my stuff at the 23rd Street Artist Market. And um, you definitely, 
the thing with that market is it's mostly college people, so you got to have something that's priced at five dollars. But if you have something that's priced at five dollars, like maybe a little, little wooden button or something, then you could go ahead and expand that to something that's priced um, a lot higher, also on your table. And some people will buy it. I mean, heck, my books were were priced at fifty bucks, and I still got some sales from college people just walking by. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, and I knew that straight out of the gate. Like my first show, I knew people weren't gonna buy my stuff right away uh, because my first, my first, first show, I was like, I'm gonna set my prices like super high uh-huh. and make money and all that stuff. And then at the same time, I was like, uh, but what if they don't have money? I need to do something that they can buy. And so I just made these little tiny like wooden chip tokens mm-hmm. that had a little tiny real easy outline on them yeah. uh, and I sold them for a dollar for how, how and then I also had keychains mm. that I did for five dollars and they had okay. a little more dollar, yeah. detail yeah yeah so you, you know you got a good business sense on you which is why you're doing really well um, but that would be a thing is if you wanted to dive deep into this and the reason I say that is just because um, I, write, I do this podcast a lot because I find too many people uh, live up out of a sense of obligation and so I wanted to make a podcast for the people who um, who are passionate and creative and expressive and you know excited about life and and have have a desire or or an expressed desire to be um, free-spirited and so um, in, you know a job that you didn't choose is an obligation and so I always like to think well if I had all the money just coming in from say investments or just like you know just coming into my account from wherever um would I be doing what I'm doing right now and if the answer is no I find another way as soon as possible to do what I'm doing and be sustainable um while I create the the ability to live off my you know live live passively have enough money coming in that I don't have to work for anything um and that's a big part of it is is just just having the mindset to value passion and to value freedom and fulfillment. Um, and, and, and then also creativity. And I, I know a lot of creative people, like there's a huge overlap between free spirit and creative people. They just kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so if you have any, any advice, not necessarily just advice, but if you have any, um, any uh, anything you want to share with people on the podcast say words of encouragement or ways they can find things they enjoy or or um, you know creative advice uh, you know go ahead uh, I mean one thing that I learned uh, growing up and expressing myself through art is you don't need to take classes to be an artist and you don't have to be liked by anybody else or in your stuff doesn't have to be liked by any else to be an artist. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like my golden rule of art basically is that I, I don't care if someone doesn't like my stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I like it. Mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. You do it for you. That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that message. Um, cool. I'm going to send you a recording of this and, um, 
uh, go ahead and message me your number on Instagram because I'm going to call you after this. The moment I stop recording, uh, we're not able to talk to each other on this app, but uh, I'd like to chat with you a bit. Okay, call soon. All right. Hey, little thing from our sponsors. As you guys know, I love creating. I mean, that's the whole reason why I created the Creators Guild and Joe Crafts. And if you know me, you know that I have most of my free space in my house, where I'm actually at right now, is me crafting, um, which is my passion. But uh, to be free to do your passion, you need to pay the bills. And sometimes your passion doesn't pay the bills right off the bat, so you need to get money in some other way. The issue with jobs is that it takes up a lot of your time, and then you don't have any time or energy to do anything you like. So how do you make money but still have enough time to focus on a passion, which isn't making you money? Well, for myself... I created a business. Now, that's hard, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's so hard to make money. Um, And for some business models, it is very hard. Um, But the thing is, I had help. And even though it was very hard for me to figure out what to do, and I was nervous about how to make money, I created a business where I buy and sell phones. And um, it pretty much just printed money. I tried it on my own at first, and I maybe made like a hundred bucks every month or so. But when I found this guy, um, I met him. He was being mentored by the same guy who was mentoring me about business. And uh, he taught me how to flip phones um, through this online course. Uh, It's easy, it's simple, and there's a group for support. Sometimes I don't know what to do and the course material, like the videos aren't exactly what I want to know and so I had to ask, I had to ask questions, and he's in the group, he answers questions, and it was pretty cool, and pretty soon, I was picking up a few phones a day, and in the first three weeks after I bought the course, as he has a free YouTube channel, which I got started on and got some, uh, some information from, but once I bought the course and used the information in the course, I ended up making $4,000 in profit in the first three weeks, which is pretty awesome. Now, not everyone has those results. Some people get better results. Some people don't get those results for, um, for longer time than I did. For me, it was the first three weeks. Sometimes people go a whole year without making that. But um, whether you are better or worse over time, whether your results take a little bit longer than mine or whether your results um, are even better than mine, uh, you'll definitely be able to see how easy it is to make money Um, Using this business model, I found that it opened my eyes to what's possible and it frees me up to do more things. And um, like this podcast, for instance. So I figured I'd pay it forward and offer you guys a chance to at least get some of the free information that it gives out. And uh, if you're interested, then you can sign up for the course. Um, The information's free, no commitment. Just put in your email and I'll send you uh, some materials and some links and stuff. And I have the link in the episode description to put your email in. And then, of course, it will give you a link if you're ready for the course, which is definitely a good investment. It paid off for me within a week. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's 700 bucks for the course, and it paid off for me. Um, 
Within a week, I already made more than that. And then within three weeks, I made $4,000 in profit. I hope that helps you become more passionate. And um, it also helps me do this podcast because um, it's helping you with your passionate life. And also, I get a kickback if you buy the course through my link, which is, uh, is helpful for me to continue um, devoting time to this. 